spooky friends. I'm John, and we are pumped to bring you the fifth episode of Dairyland Frights, the paranormal podcast that covers everything spooky, creepy, and mysterious in the Midwest. For now, I'm joined by my two co-hosts, two co-hosts Megan and Brooke. Hey, how's it going, Brooke? <laughs> uh, I'm pretty good. Can't complain. I'm very excited about today's episode because we have some kind of fun personal tie-ins. Yeah. Um, so this will be a really, a really cool one. So. I'm excited. Yeah, you, yeah, you are in for a treat. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you, Megan? I'm super excited because I get to talk about a hermit, a real life hermit today. Oh, so that'll be ooh. a great story for me to tell you all. Oh, we love a hermit. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> so uh, this week we're covering several mysterious stories and disturbing legends from Holy Hill in. Help me out here. Hubertus. Hubertus, <laughs> <Hubertus>, yeah. <laughs> I'm surrounding areas. Sorry, people, but, you know, I'm a mush mouth when it comes to certain <laughs> things. Uh, not only will the things you hear today give you the creeps, but you'll even hear real-life experiences. So that's I'm super excited about. From mm-hmm. one of our co-hosts, Brooke, who grew up near Holy Hill and, and has personal Stories connected with it, and those are the best. Mm-hmm. I love. Them. So today we're going to cover the Hermit of Holy Hill. I like that; it kind of flows off the tongue. Um, stories from its haunted cemetery. Ooh, love cemeteries. Ooh. And best of all, the Goat Man mm-hmm. of Hogsback Road in Washington County. But before we get into those, let's start with some history on Holy Hill. From Megan. All right. Thanks, John. So as John mentioned, this episode, we're going to talk about Holy Hill, and that is a uh, Roman Catholic shrine and state landmark in Hubertus, Wisconsin. So all of the um, information I'm going to share with you today is on holyhill.com. So you can check that out if you want to learn a little bit more about it. But Holy Hill is this huge basilica. It's a big church, and it's actually built on one of the highest peaks in southeastern Wisconsin. That's why they call it Holy Hill. It's super large. It towers 289 feet over the land. And then below that, it's surrounded by 400 acres of super thick forest. So it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Holy Hill is like a really big deal in Wisconsin. It draws over half a million visitors every year who um, not only visit there for weekend mass, but um, other people actually visit there in hopes to find healing um, and um, worship there. Sure. You can also climb this 178-step observation tower, and if you look down, you can actually see the Milwaukee skyline down below, oh, which is nice. about 30 miles away. So it kind of gives you um, a picture into how tall that this um, place is. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's no. really cool. We'll try to get some good pictures for to put up on the website or something because it's awesome. hard to convey. But yeah, it's very yeah. beautiful. So some people can actually attest to Holy Hill's like strange ability to heal visitors and um, where the hill, the hill where the Basilica stands today is actually, um, it's been known for its healing powers for about 170 years. So I'm going to talk a little bit about um, some stories from actual people who have visited there. But first I wanted to talk about a little bit of history behind Holy Hill. So the U.S. government owned the land that is Holy Hill today up until 1855. And up until then, it was actually called Government Hill because surveying work was done there. So I thought that was kind of interesting. (laughs) And then in 1855, Father Paul Huber, who was a man from Austria, purchased 40 acres from the U.S. government with the intention of transferring the title to the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. But as, you know, as things will happen, Father Paul Huber did pass away unexpectedly. And so the land kind of changed hands for decades until it was finally transferred to the archdiocese in 1876. Hmm. So you might be wondering, how did Holy Hill get its name? 
Well, the early Irish settlers actually gave Holy Hill its name, but it's also been called a few other things over the years. It's been called Miracle Hill. And it's also been called the Church of Miracles. And you'll see why is that there's actually this structure there that once stood on the site and it's actually littered with like eyeglasses, crutches and like different things that people have left behind because oh. they've allegedly found healing from their ailments when visiting. So they don't need oh, their crutches. Right. They don't need their eyeglasses anymore. So it's Sweet. definitely an interesting, interesting place um, to visit. And um, some people swear, you know, by the healing power of this church. Like some people have even said they've visited there and they've been cured of cancer um, and other serious ailments. And of course they attribute this, these miracles to God and mother Mary. So after years of construction, the present church as we know it today um, was completed and then consecrated in 1931. So something interesting that I learned while doing some um, research on Holy Hill, um, I thought you would all find this interesting. So on June 6th of 2006, so if you think about that, that's 6-6 <laughs> yeah, of 06, very specific date, two vandals actually spray painted the church and several shrines with, you know, things like, you know, Satan and, you know, 666, you know, that which is the yes, number of the beast. Yeah. So um, it turns out that the two vandals were actually two teenage boys and it cost the church $33,000 to remove oh, all of the graffiti. That's but. so funny that you mentioned that, Megan, because that triggered like this memory that I have of, because that was all over the news back then. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was... Yeah, and I was like 14 at the time. And I very specifically remember um, that this was on the news for like a couple days because it took them a couple days to figure out who did it. But um, that there was like, a, they were interviewing, I think, a police officer. And he was like, we think we're looking for some like younger kids because they're not great spellers because they <laughs> had spelled Satan, like S-A-T-I-N, like oh Satan. Oh my and God, <laughs> gave yourself away. Oh, I know it was, it was very funny. It was, it was, yeah, it was a hot, hot news story for a couple days where I lived. <laughs> yeah, pretty sad that that nice. happened, but glad that got yeah, it all fixed. For sure. So sounds like a super holy, beautiful, amazing place, right? So it's like, how could right. this holy hill, this beautiful place of God also possibly be haunted or filled with paranormal instances? I'm going to talk a little bit about that today, but there's some bizarre things that have happened near Holy Hill. Um, there's a true story of this hermit who used to live on the grounds, which I'm going to talk about today. But then nearby, there's also this bizarre creature called the Goat Man. And Brooke is going to talk about that. So there's a lot of cool things that we're going to talk about today. So stay All tuned. Right. So. I'm going to go ahead and start with the Hermit of Holy Hill. Sounds like a super interesting story, right? And, you know, you might think, oh, my God, that sounds ridiculous. But you can actually go onto Holy Hill's website under their history section. And you can actually read about this person who used to live at Holy Hill. So I'm going to talk oh, about his great. story today. Interesting. So nice. The story goes that uh, this hermit, he was the first resident of the hill, and his name was Francois Subrio. I hope I'm saying that right. So around 1862, he started living on this hill, and this farmer actually found him living in this, like, makeshift hut there. So he yeah. was definitely living a very rural, you know, crude sure. life there, but... Uh -huh. Francois actually began living there um, because he had found this old French diary. And when he looked through the diary, he found this map, which dated back to 1676. So super oh, old. Cool. And on this map, he saw this cone-shaped hill in Wisconsin. He's like, okay, interesting. So he wanted to check it out. So he looked into it and the diary's author, who um, they believe it is Father Jacques Marquette's um, okay. diary, so Father Marquette actually described this place, um, which was Holy Hill. Um, he had actually visited there and he placed this stone altar and he raised a cross and then he dedicated the hill to Jesus's mother, Mary. So hmm. sounds like a nice place. Like, oh, you know, of yeah, course I'd want to go yeah. live there. It's a holy place. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. 
Francois's story isn't necessarily a happy one. And oh, uh, I'm going to tell you about that. So Francois actually used to live in France when he was a young man and he wanted to be a priest. So he was studying to be a priest, but he actually met this woman and he fell in love with her. And so he publicly announced, I'm going to get engaged to this woman. And of course, the church didn't really like that because he was studying to be a priest. So he oh. was banned from the church and he mm. brought disgrace upon his family. So not a great start for oh, <laughs> Francois. So he decided yeah. to leave home for a while and kind of let the controversy subside a little bit. But he told this woman, I'm going to return um, for you. I'm going to keep my love for you. But after a year, he came back and she he discovered that she had not been faithful to him. Oh, man. Yeah, rough life for this guy. So, you know, he didn't take it very well. He ends up murdering this lady in a Ooh. jealous rage. Oh, no. And okay. he flees the monastery um, um, where he was going to go live as um, a monk. Okay. So... Um, you ever notice, Megan and Brooke, there's no other kind of rages? It's just jealous rage. Just jealous <laughs> yeah, rage. Right. Isn't like pissed off yeah. rage or like, you know, you know, whatever. I'm just upset with you rage. Right. <laughs> jealous rage. I'm That's killing true. you. I mean, you didn't really handle it well. No, a year's well, a long time yeah. to be just disappear. Well, presuming yeah. that he never like you know, let her know, like, hey, I'm still out here. Like, he could have been dead. Who knows? Like, yeah, who knows? She yeah, don't really blame her. Someone. Yeah. Yeah, so speaking from a man's point of view is I'm a priest, right? And I'm going to be like, okay, you know what? Maybe this isn't right. I'm going to leave. Why don't, you, why don't we just cool things down? But when I come back, <laughs> I <laughs> right? love you, honey. And right. we're going to get married. We'll and then you come back that. and she's like, beat it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Right? right? I wouldn't kill anybody, not myself. But <laughs> that's a good I can thing. See this guy kind of like, hey, I'm in, in the wilderness. I'm like eating nuts and berries and praying to God for you, and then you just <laughs> cheat on me. Yeah, jealous rage. <laughs> eating nuts yeah, and berries. Man, yeah. <laughs> so that's my point. <laughs> Francois. He ends up fleeing, and he goes to a monastery in Quebec, Quebec, where he mm. decides that he's going to, you know start fresh he's gonna live as a monk okay so this is actually where he discovers this diary that i talked to you about and he finds this map and you know of course it sounds like this very holy beautiful place like yeah. he's like maybe i should go live there and i can be forgiven of my sins and i can start mm -hmm. fresh so sure. he ends up moving to this place that he finds on the map um which is dedicated to the blessed virgin mary and there he decides I'm going to pray for forgiveness. I'm going sure. to, um, you know, start fresh after murdering my lover, you know? Yeah. I'm starting mm -hmm. fresh after murder. So, right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> as anyone would do. Forgive and forget. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Come on. I'm starting fresh. I had a bad day. Let's mm -hmm. move on, people. Yep. <laughs> what better place to go than Holy Hill, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Hey. Yes. So let's get back to the mid 1800s when he's living a very crude life in a hut mm. in the middle of nowhere yes. out at Holy Hill. So this farmer notices one night that this man is moving around the land. He's it's like completely pitch black outside. Moonlight okay. is out. And this Weird. man is, you know, hanging outside and he's performing these like religious rites. He's kneeling um, before the cross mm -hmm. and he's, oh you know, boy. standing and um, kneeling. Yeah. And so of course this sure. farmer's like, what the heck is this dude doing? What is, yeah, well, yeah. what's up <laughs> right. with this dude? <laughs> what's up with that now, dude, man? Come on, man? Obviously a little bit suspicious. So the farmer kind of yeah. checks him out and, you know, both of these men were like super suspicious of each other, you know, <laughs> didn't quite <laughs> trust each other, but eventually this is great. They form a friendship and the oh. farmer starts helping Francois out by giving him food, mm. giving him necessities. Well, that's nice. Okay, yeah. there we go. And there some of the go. area farmers came to love him so much that they actually built him a nice little cabin for him to no, live Oh, there we go. So things are starting to come back together. Yeah, for Francois, <laughs> we're getting it together. But this is one of my favorite stories about Francois. So when he was traveling to Holy Hill, he actually contracted this disease, which left him completely paralyzed. 
Oh boy. Which is interesting. So he decides <laughs> when I get to the hill, I'm going to get to the summit of this hill and I'm going to be healed. So when he arrives at the holy hill, he actually crawls on his hands and knees to the summit of holy Ooh. hill and he wow. starts praying all night. And as legend says, the following morning, he actually regained function of his entire body. He was just wow. So oh, interesting. Yeah. So that's like one of the most famous stories about the hermit. But he decided to build this small chapel there and he remained there for seven years. And then oddly enough, he just vanishes after that. So as mysteriously as he arrived, he just vanished. So there's huh. some. Okay theories of what happened to the hermit so okay. some people say that he might have joined the union and fought in the civil war oh, maybe okay. he died in battle right. but then okay. other people claim oh we saw him in the chicago area sometime after his disappearance so nobody quite All knows right. what happened to the hermit but yeah they say that you can still see his apparition wandering the grounds of holy hill at dusk and you can see him kneeling and praying at different crosses around the grounds and it's very interesting which i'm going to talk about that a little bit more next so hmm. if you want to see the hermit you, you'll have to pay a visit to holy hill the murderous yeah, hermit <laughs> yeah that's that's really interesting i i love history i love history like that but you know one of the things is with all these stories as you find out is it's like these terrible things happen to people and then they finally get their life together and then what they happens? disappear mysteriously they disappear. <laughs> right <laughs> right True. and you know a lot of paranormal stories i've read i'm, I'm sure both of you have read kind of the same thing it's like all oh, this nun she had this and she did that and she was really nice to people or she was super mean to people and then she changed the ways or whatever happened and then, like, nobody knows where she went. Like, where'd she go? Yeah. Some of the, I mean, I know that this story, like, the hermit is a, a true story. is documented by Holy Hill. But I feel like a lot of that sometimes is, like, the folklore stories. They've, sure. It's like someone maybe making up or, like, taking pieces of other stories and putting right. together this kind of interesting story. But then they don't really care right. how it ends because it's, like, maybe not a real story or not true. Right. So it's just kind of like... All the interesting stuff, and then who knows what happened? But <laughs> I always kind of right. take that as a sign, like maybe no one knows because it didn't actually happen. But <laughs> with the hermit, though, he was actually there, and he yeah seems to. I feel but, like it would be weird for him to go to Chicago, though. Like I don't. I know. Like yeah. He why seemed, would like, a Chicago go, guy? Why? Yeah. Would he, why? why that seems like it would and... freak him out. Like that he spent his yeah. whole life in like the woods. I don't know. Right. Yeah. You would think and, that and, he would want to, you know, live his life out at Holy Hill since it's yeah. such an amazing place for him. Right. And, and, the, and the Civil War, I can think of better places to go. <laughs> he was right. trying to pay back for his sins, John. Sure. Maybe, maybe. I could see that. I, so just one other quick thing before you get into the cemetery thing. I think it's always funny is in today's world, this is how life has changed. If you text somebody or call somebody... And they don't get back to you in like 10 minutes. You think like they're dead or something. <laughs> Naturally. Right. 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 Where you're just like weird. Like, hey, I texted you like an hour ago. Where have you been? Uh, like living my life. What do you think? <laughs> but people freak mm -hmm. out. Still, Chill. You know, and this guy's like, where did he go? Well, we don't have yeah. Apple phones. <laughs> so, right. You'll never know. Yeah. Right. So it's pretty crazy. Anyway. So let's get on the cemetery. It, it sounds really interesting. All right. This is a quick story before I hand it off to Brooke. But there is this cemetery on the grounds of Holy Hill. And it's called the Carmelite Cemetery. And it's actually the burial ground for Holy Hill's caretakers and a place mm. that people can visit. But something interesting about this cemetery is that people experience some very strange phenomena when they visit. Mm. So... The biggest report that people have is that when they visit the cemetery, they try to take photographs in the area, but they say that there's this thick mist that appears when they try to develop their photos. And obviously mm. this mist isn't visible to the naked eye when you're there, but when you look at your photos, this mist, you know, clogs up your photos. So it's very weird that way. It's like, what is this? How did this happen? 
But other people have actually said that when they visit this cemetery at night, the same mist they will see with their actual eyes and it will form the shape of a man. And this man is like very well-defined. He has eyes, he has a face, he has a beard. And then the mist will just disappear. Huh, So that's interesting. But this mist is very interesting because people swear they can see right through this ghost that they see. They can see the trees behind him. So, and then it just disappears. So um, some people Hmm. actually think it might be Francois the hermit, which might make sense. Yeah, we might be hanging out, watching over the grounds, making sure everything's taken care of. So I can see it. Back from Chicago, yeah. (laughs) Right? He's actually still there. You can see him. Yeah. So if any of you visit Holy Hill and take some pictures, let us know. Let us know if you can see anything weird on your photos. Yeah, and send that to us. Send that to our email, uh, dairylandfrights at gmail.com. We'd mm-hmm. love to see those. Yeah, it's really interesting. All right, perfect. So thanks so much for listening to my section of the podcast. I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to Brooke. She's going to talk about the goat man of Hogsback Road. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, my I gosh. Guess. I'm very excited to talk about the goat man <laughs> because, again, this oh. is much like... Paradise Road, this was even more of like a just a local legend that every teenager would tell each other about. And there's so many things like so much conjecture and like just probably blatantly untrue things that got passed around too. But there's a lot of like interesting true truth behind some of the stuff too. So um, to understand Hogsback or to understand the goat man, we kind of have to talk about Hogsback Road first. So um, Hogsback Road is a winding hilly road built along a glacial esker, um, and it's said to have taken many lives over the years. So this is very close mm. to Holy Hill. It's um, just okay. like m- not even like a mile east of it. So it kind of like is in, you know, Megan said that there was like 400 acres of um, wooded forest area around Holy Hill. So it's in that um, forested area. Mm. Um, so for a long time, there was actually a hill um on Hogsback Road that if you drove over it, even like a little bit fast, you would be like airborne. But if you really oh, got up to the high speed, um, yeah, like this is very, uh, and I'll tell you later, like it's so many people have experiences on this hill, um, but people would be like, like way up in the air, like oh, pretty man. crazy. And this was like a thing yeah. that people just did in like the seventies and eighties. And they actually cut the hill down in, um, I think it was like 2003 to 2005 sometime during that time. Um, they actually cut it down just because of how dangerous it was. So weird. There were a lot of, yeah, there were a lot of stories just about how people had like lost control because after you would, I guess, go over this hill, there was this curve that people called dead man's curve. And if you were going too fast, like you wouldn't be able to gain control of your car before you had to make this curve. So um, I couldn't really find any solid stories of people who had like definitely died, but there were tons of people who had said that they had gone over this hill and they felt like they were going to die or they almost died. Um, so Yikes. I could definitely see it, see it happening. Um, but Hogsback Road is very, um, it's very like um, infamous in the area. And um, it also just kind of, has very spooky vibes it's very wooded there's kind of like a drop off on both sides of it um it's it's just pretty dangerous all around and it's really interesting sounds like it yeah so um let's we'll talk about the goat man a little bit now so there's this guy and he named his name is j nathan couch and he wrote a book about goat man and he also is kind of like a lore expert for the area and also of goat man in general um he knows a lot about um just the folklore around this like entity so according to him stories about the goat man have been told in washington county since at least the late 1960s potentially before that and actually the richfield um uh, website actually says it could be back to like the 1890s so a long Hmm. time ago um but goat man stories in general are very common around the u.s with the earliest known story being from minnesota stemming back to the 1830s so very common. There's a lot of goat men around around the U.S. A lot of stories. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, sure. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of you have heard other other stories from other parts of the country. Yeah. Um, but one of the earliest stories of the goat man of Hogsback Road describes him as having the upper body of a man, but with horns on his head and sharp fangs, mm-hmm. and the lower body of a goat with long, like wiry, stringy red hair, kind of all over mm-hmm. his body. 
Interesting. Yep. So a goat man. Um, And according to legend, um, so this is on the Richfield Historical Society website. So this is, um, this is what the legend says about kind of like the start of the goat man legend. Um, And it's, well, I'll talk about later how it kind of is very reminiscent of like the urban legend of the hook man. If you're familiar with that story, Mm, Um, they're very like tied together, but basically in 1870, a young recently married couple dared to drive along Hogsback road. And by back then it was, likely just a path through the woods and their wagon actually like one of its wheels broke or fall, fell off. Um, hmm. And the man, the husband who was a soldier during the civil war, he left to search for help um, leaving his wife alone back at the wagon. Ooh. And I guess hours went by and she hadn't, and he hadn't <laughs> returned. Um, yeah. So she was very afraid. And by nightfall, he still wasn't back. And she actually heard and saw a creature pass by their wagon. And he was covered in red hair with horns and a goat's muzzle. Ooh. She freaked out, but she yeah. didn't want to leave the wagon until it was light out. So the next morning she got out and she saw these cloven hoof prints by Ooh. the wagon. And oh, so she decided nice. to follow yeah. them. Oh, yeah, no. very creepy. Yeah, she followed yeah. them. Um, them. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess maybe she just had a feeling that her husband was, okay. you know, <laughs> That has something to do with her husband. So she followed the footprints. All right. Um, you know, white people. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go people. check it out. Gotta check it out. Let's um, do the stupid thing. Let's check it out. So she follows the footprints and she ends up finding the mangled body of her husband, like tied <gasps> up in the tree. No. Um, yeah, oh, this boy. is yeah, this is apparently what happened. And she um, apparently uh, other stories also say that there was like a small cottage nearby which was known as Goatman's cottage and that you can still find this cottage if you like go into the woods along hogsback road so um so yeah so that's very interesting um so one legend actually says that the goat man is the spirit of a man who died on hogsback road and that um active occultists from the area will not let the man's spirit rest so he's kind of doomed to be there the entire time and he wants like basically his intention is to like kill as many people as he can so like nowadays <laughs> he walks along hogsback road some say he carries a goat's head and oh, he is geez. intending to scare drivers into veering off their path crashing their cars and dying and then goat men will go string their bodies up from the trees like he did with the husband and then those Ooh. people are then also doomed to haunt the area like the Dang. woods he's like building an army yeah he's yeah. like me <laughs> a goat <laughs> army goat army do they yeah. turn into goat people too i you know i don't think so i think there's just one goat man and the rest of them are just like spirits like normal uh, just normal ghosts but dang right still scary but yeah so he's like the leader of this ghost army he's creating very Sweet. very intriguing um so that's a little bit about goat man um there's a lot of people who have said that they've seen goat man or like uh just some kind of strange creature around this area though and i wanted to talk about a couple like more credible stories that are more well known um Mm. there's two of them specifically that i think are really interesting so one of them this happened in 2014 so the this came from a blog post written by jay nathan couch um who was the author of that um book about goat men across america so he has a blog post on his website called a strange creature near holy hill so this happened on September 17, 2014 at Highway K and 167 near Holy Hill. There was this woman named Mindy Rosette, and she was driving with her daughter around 9.40 p.m. when a creature dashed in front of their car. And Mindy got a very good look at this creature, and she describes it as being about four feet tall, running on its hind legs, um, hairless with brownish gray skin, with backwards bent knees and elbows bent low on its arms. Define muscles, mm. especially on its thighs. <clears throat> she actually drew a sketch of this creature, which I forgot to drop it into the um, outline, but it's, um, it is interesting. It kind of looks like how you, it's, it's kind of a vague sketch, but it looks kind of how you would expect like a goat man to appear. Right. Um, so it kind of has like, you know, like, I don't know, goat type legs with like the backward bent knees. And then it has like a long, um, like snout. That she drew. Hmm. Um, it's not okay. unlike a goat. 
But she did say that she didn't get a great look at its face because she said the creature actually braced for impact because she thinks she thought it, she was going to hit it. Um, so yeah. it ducked its head and kind of braced for impact as she drove by it. So she didn't get a super good look at its face, but she said she got a very good look at the rest of its body. And this is how she mm. described it. Um, and she like really didn't want to tell anyone about this, but her friends, I guess, encouraged her to go to um, Nathan Couch because... He, you know, knew about these entities and um, and he actually said that despite being from the area, Mindy had never heard of Goatman. So she didn't really have any oh, preconceived ideas sure. of like what Goatman was supposed to look like or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so a friend of hers told her to go to couch because he was kind of a local lore expert and enthusiast. Um, and this was a quote from Mindy that was in his blog post. So she said, instantly I knew this was something incredible. We were shocked and confused trying to figure out what the heck we just witnessed. We don't live far from that rural area. So we're freaked out to venture outside when it's dark. It's yeah. something we'll never forget. It was a monumental moment. The vision of this thing is etched in our lives. So I thought that was really interesting because it just kind of shows like she, she was very affected by this, whatever it was. Right. Um, and she seemed like from the blog post, she just seems, she seems like a very normal lady. Like, not anything that she would have been making up um, just for the fun of it. So sure. Um, and also interestingly, Couch said that he heard another story from a man while he was on a ghost walk um, who had a, a similar run in with a very similar sounding creature a few years prior to this. So the only difference he's explained it basically the same way. So like the same height, same like description of its body, but he actually said that the, um, the creature had fur or like hair all over it, like reddish brown hair instead of um, hmm. Mindy said that it was hairless. But he actually saw it in winter in Kewaskum. So Kewaskum, if you're not familiar with the area, is about 25 miles north of Holy Hill. So it's not that far away. Um, and it's kind of interesting. So he saw it in winter. Um, Mindy saw this thing in fall. So maybe like for whatever reason, it like grew hair for the winter. I don't know if it's like a, <laughs> if it's a real actual creature. I don't know how oh, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah maybe, or maybe there's multiple variations of it. Who knows? But um, yeah. but yeah, Kiboscombe's a def definitely an interesting area too. But um, so that was one sighting that a lot of people think is really credible. And then the other one is really interesting to me. So there were um, quote unquote they're known as like Bigfoot sightings of 2006. If you and it's kind of interesting to me that this was the same year as the um, like vandalism stuff at Holy Hill. Hmm. Um, <laughs> Sketchy. Almost like they were, yeah, like trying to drive and like drive attention away from these like sightings and towards this other story. Like that's that's my conspiracy theory about it. Maybe who knows? There we but go. Um, but this was actually reported on um, by among others uh, WISN, which is a really popular local news station in the Milwaukee area. Like it's one of the bigger um, news stations. Yeah. So interesting to me that you know a, a big news station like this would cover it, but. The title of the article that I found was called Bear Wolf Stalks Southern Wisconsin. And the lead in <laughs> to the article was Bizarre Local Sightings Evoked a Nationwide Fascination with Bigfoot. Um, very strange. And this happened in, again, around the Holy Hill area. Um, so at this time in 2006, there were several reportings of a seven foot tall hairy creature with pointy ears, which I <laughs> was laughing Weird. because i was like does it sound familiar because we literally just talked about the beast of bray road mm -hmm. we'll explain it pretty much the same way um so the story that kind of sparked this was on november 9th um of that year so november 9th of 2006 um there are several several reportings of a seven foot tall hairy creature with pointy ears um Oh, I, I just read that. Sorry, my bad. Um, so on November 9th, Stephen Kruger. So Stephen Kruger is a contractor for the DNR. And he his job was basically removing deer carcasses along the side of the road at night, which in Wisconsin, we know that's a very important job because a lot of people hit deers in the middle of the night. So he yeah. had just made a pickup um, of a deer carcass along a remote road near holy hill um this was around 1 30 a.m and he knows this because he actually has like documentation because he has to fill out paperwork every time he picks up one of these deer carcasses so he picked up the deer he got back in his truck and his truck has like um like a light like a flashing light on top of it because it's like a service vehicle so um it's not like a cop light but it's like an orange flashing light so he was right sitting up. in his truck and he was filling out the paperwork and all of a sudden his truck started like shaking and he looked in the rearview mirror and he said rear he saw mirror. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. It's the re- we should just get rid of rear view mirrors, I think. We should. Yeah. Too much, yeah. Too much creepy stuff happens. Um, but he looked in his rear view mirror and he said that his flashing lights um, revealed a huge hairy creature standing on its hind legs and dragging the deer carcass out of the bed of his oh. truck. Yeah. Damn. Super creepy. And again, this is a guy that's like, he's, you know, he works with the DNR. Yeah, right. He is yeah, it's a just very a blue collar guy. guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And he described this creature as looking like a cross between a bear and a wolf. So it had the pointy ears of a wolf, but the brown color and the snout of what he thought looked like a bear. Um, And he freaked out. He threw the truck and drive as fast as he could and sped off. Um, And then he drove around for like five minutes before coming back to the area because, you know, his job is to remove this deer carcass. (laughs) So he wanted to see if it was still there. And he said that when he got back, there was no sign of the creature or of the deer um, everything was like gone, like nothing had ever happened. Yeah. So as with the Beast of Bray Road story that we talked about in, you know, a previous episode, Kruger um, coming forward with this story kind of triggered a lot of similar stories from other locals who hadn't really wanted to come forward before this. Um, one of those is Rick Selchert or Selkert. Um, he said he saw the same, what he thinks is the same creature in 2004. So two years prior to this um, near Holy Hill uh, crossing a road while he was driving um and there were a couple others as well but that was the only one that had like a name tied to it so um again very interesting and the authorities actually recorded this incident as a yeti sighting legally so interesting yeah (laughs) legally classified as a yeti sighting um yeah and um also interestingly wisn interviewed another familiar character from a railroad episode uh linda godfrey who says that this creature she does not think it is Bigfoot or a Yeti, but she thinks that it's another creature seen frequently in the area as well as in Michigan and that most of the sightings occur near Native American burial grounds and safe locations. So she was kind of implying that um, this creature and like the Beast of Bray Road that she wrote so much about and like the Michigan Dogman, like they're all the same um, phenomena, like everything is kind of the same. So maybe even Goatman is the same as like all of this. So it's people seeing the same thing, but like maybe a younger version of it is like the goat man and the, an older version of it. So it's kind of, kind of interesting to think about. Um, also just wanted to mention, we talked about this before we started recording, but very sadly, Linda Godfrey actually passed away in November of 2022. So kind of disappointing because she's like a really yeah. cool, um, she's really cool local yeah. lore expert and wrote, I think like 19 books um, about different strange occurrences in Wisconsin. And she was just a really cool person. So um, very sad that she passed away. She was 71 years old, but um, but yeah, she pops up a lot in these cryptid stories. So yeah, she does. yeah very interesting. Um, also interesting is that these sightings spurred a lot of Bigfoot enthusiasts from around the country to travel to the area. So they came as far away as California to, you know, Hubertus, Wisconsin to see if they could find, <laughs> uh, find Bigfoot, which is kind of fun. And then about naysayers, Stephen Kruger, so the the guy who worked with the DNR, um, he said, this was a direct quote, they can all go pound sand as far as I'm concerned. I saw what I saw. <laughs> Which this is sounds a, um, like, you know, like a hardworking blue collar Exactly. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I saw what I saw. Yeah. I'm not lying. Yeah. yeah he's not going to bullshit. Exactly. Exactly. I had never even heard that uh, expression before. They can all go pound sand. Oh, yeah, it's an old expression. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start using laugh. that. Right? Yeah, but yeah, so he is very, very interesting. Um, I wanted to mention too a couple other. Uh, so there was a Richfield Historical Society has a Facebook page, and about three years ago, they posted um, this big post about um, Hogsback Road and the Goat Man, and they mentioned J. Nathan Couch's book and everything. And there were some really funny like comments on the post. There were a lot of comments from a lot of people who talked about the hill specifically, <laughs> and they would be like, "Yeah." I- <laughs> was riding on that hill in the seventies. We almost died, you know, a lot of that stuff, but there were a couple of specific right. um, comments. There were like hundreds of them, but I wanted to couple, pull a couple of them um, just cause they were interesting. So a woman named Jennifer quoted saying, I have quite a few creepy, scary memories of things that happened on that road and in the woods from the nineties. All I can say is be safe. You don't know what you're entering until you've entered. Interesting. Ooh, nice. <clears throat> um, Joelle said, I went out there once with some of my cousins many years ago. At one point, we stopped the car and turned it off and could hear what sounded like a woman screaming, but no houses or other people were around. Um, 
a guy named Robert said four of us will die swearing we saw him. This makes me laugh. He said, but there were drugs involved, but it was the most <laughs> real thing I've ever seen. He said he chased the car. Crazy night. <laughs> Man, he saw some Exactly. He saw some We were we were stoned out of our mind, but he chased the Goatman chased us. Uh, I love, I gotta love Facebook comments. Um, and then Scott <laughs> said, I've seen Goatman out there. He ran across the road in front of my car one night. Rumor has it he scavenges dumpsters nightly. Be careful out there. Oh, no. Nice. So, yeah, just some, just some Yikes. fun locals with uh, their own personal experiences. But I would definitely, definitely recommend reading through the comments because some of them are very funny. A lot of people upset that they cut that hill down because they, they miss it. They wish that they could still, um, soar over the hill there was also one of the quotes was from like a um retired police officer who worked in the area and he said that like he had seen um he had, he had never seen goat man but he saw plenty of stolen vehicles at the bottom of the hill um so and plenty of That's flying funny. cars he said <laughs> yeah very interesting like so it. Yeah, so then um, I wanted to talk about a couple personal stories that I have of this area. So one of them is my own, um, and, and my brother told me a story about what happened when he was there. Um, and also, <laughs> there's also a separate story that he told me again about this hill, because he, he graduated high school in like 2001, so like right before they would have cut the hill down. And he actually said that he, he and his friends soared over this hill so high that they all swear that they jumped a car coming the opposite direction <gasps> like, you imagine? which is insane yeah he said he like vividly remembers it he's like it was like a vw beetle like it happened and then we all looked at each other and we were like oh my god did that really happen they like never talked about it again because they were really freaked out because they all you know could have died but yeah. yeah very very scary um but another story that he told me was he and three of his friends went out to hogsback road um, at night and their intent was to steal the road sign that said Hogsback Road. Don't tell anyone. Oh, um, I will not mention whether or not they actually obtained said sign. Gotcha. But, but they but they may have. Um and so they were starting to like they had like tools and they started to like dismantle the sign. And out of nowhere all of a sudden these like big high beams flash um on like directly on them and it's this huge pickup truck. And they all like freaked out and they like you know climbed back into the truck and they um were like trying to get in there before he like could see who they were um then the truck drove past them and so they're like okay maybe he was just trying to scare us and so they kind of like drove around a little bit came back and started doing the same thing and he said that the truck again like out of nowhere from behind them this time um like flashed his brights on and they did not even hear him like approach he said it was a huge truck but they didn't hear it um Hmm. approach in any way and all of a sudden these high beams were like right on them again um, and they were all freaking out again. And this time he, um, the truck like drove past them and they looked in the window and they saw this like very creepy looking stoic old guy with a long white beard. And he was just like staring right at them um, oh, and it freaked yeah. them out a ton. And one of my brother's friends actually got like so scared that she was like, we need to leave right now. Like we can't be here. Right. Um, Is it the so hermit? He didn't... Maybe, maybe it's the hermit driving a maybe. pickup truck. Who knows? It could have been Francois. Yeah, you never know. What's up, Frankie? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah, my brother doesn't, he's not really like a believer of like the paranormal. Sure. So he didn't really seem to think it was like a ghost, but he did say that it was like very odd that they hadn't like heard the right. truck approach like both times. It just kind of like showed up yeah. and then disappeared like really quickly. Um, the guy didn't like get out and confront them or anything um so yeah very kind of odd but um yeah my brother actually has a friend too who has another story separately so he my brother's friend and a different friend who was not my brother um also ventured um onto hogsback road so they parked somewhere and they wanted to go into the woods because they wanted to find the goat man's cottage and they apparently saw this path a few like um like a little bit into the woods, they saw like a very clear defined like path that led kind of down into the woods. So they decided to follow it mm. and they got like, a couple hundred feet into the woods and they found this old abandoned silo and they were like, you know, kind of interested in it. So they were kind of walking around exploring it. And then when they went to leave, they could not find the path back to the road. And oh. they were like positive that it had been like very obvious where this path was on the way in. Like they were not even concerned about it because they were like, oh, this will be easy to find on the way back out. But they like could not find this path anywhere. And it actually took them like over an hour to get Ooh. back to their car, even though they were oh. not very far from it. So, okay. 
Yeah, so that's um, also very interesting. I wonder if that's like the goat man's tactic, you know? Right. Like he tries yeah. to get you lost, like in lure there. them in. Yeah. yeah. And then, right. Yeah, it's very, very creepy, very interesting. Um, but then, so I have a personal story as well about this location. It's very odd, and I don't have very many um, like personal stories that I think are like paranormal necessarily. Like I would love to have more, and I'm very open to it, but. This is one of the few times where I've been like, I genuinely like cannot explain why this happened or how this happened. So my friends and I, um, after I got my license, um, we, we had always been very interested in uh, checking out Hogsback Road because, you know, my older brother ta- told us about it. We all had like older siblings who told us about Hogsback Road and the Goat Man. So we decided to go there and check it out one night. Um, it was like a Friday night, probably like 9, 10 p.m. And we're driving down Hogsback Road and there's not really a good place to like stop um, and like park unless you kind of go past Hogsback Road and get off on a different road and like walk backwards. Um, So my friends were just kind of like, well, just stop in the middle of the road and we'll like lean out and see if we can hear anything or see anything. So I was like, okay. So I just go um, kind of like get off to the side as far as I can, but I'm still like pretty in the middle of the road. And I, um, you know, put the car in park and we rolled down the windows. We're all like leaning out, trying to see stuff into the woods. Um, We're all very scared. You know, like those stories I told during our mini sode where, you know, you get there and you feel all, energize and stuff but then you're just like freaked mm-hmm. out yeah. um and so my friends are like oh we can't like hear anything over the sound of the car like can you you just turn the car off and i was Your like first okay mistake. yeah exactly <laughs> which I, w- I didn't even really like think about it at the time um but like obviously me turning the car off means that like my headlights and my taillights go off as well and it's yep. like pitch black outside so um so i turn the car off and soon my friends are like um, getting out of the car and kind of like trailing down into the woods and I'm still in the driver's seat because I was too nervous to get out sure. um, but so they're like wandering around out there all of our windows are down the car is completely off and all of a sudden like in my left ear as I'm like kind of leaning out the window I just hear like this low like growly voice just say go like in my ear oh, clear as day my. like I oh, have God. never experienced anything like it and I literally like shout out to my friends I'm like back in the car right now um and then they like could tell that i was very serious so everyone like got back in the car really quickly i like turned like, around and what i started happened? driving yeah and like i didn't even like explain it i don't think i even i think i told one of the three of them what happened the other two probably don't even know um but yeah so they got back in the car i turned it on and start driving and like right as i start driving a big truck like comes up from behind us and like if i hadn't started driving right at that point he was driving very yeah. fast so like he certainly would have hit the car um so it's it's very like strange and i i like to think that goat man was like looking out for us and he was you know telling me hey you need to yeah like you need to move you need to go um or you know i don't know like maybe it was my subconscious just like knowing that i needed to like get out of there i'm not really sure but it was it was very crazy um very interesting so that's my own personal experience we um wow nice we did drive along Hogsback a couple other times. We drove up to Holy Hill a couple times and it's kind of like um, uh, there's like surveillance up at Holy Hill. So there were a couple times we like parked there and we were trying to like wander into the woods around Holy Hill and you'd kind of see like lights going on from like the there's a couple like houses kind of surrounding it. Probably people like looking out to make sure people aren't wandering around because there's so many kids who, you know plan on doing that because it just to get freaked out or whatever so we didn't ever really see anything around holy hill but also we were kind of too scared to venture too far so that's the (laughs) only like definitive scary experiences i had there but um, it's definitely like it the area the whole area definitely has very like weird energy to it for sure um so so, brooke i'm trying to i'm trying to look at my mind a teenage brooke okay mm -hmm. were you a goth um a little bit i was um i was like a kind of more like pop punk kid but i also really like basketball so i didn't really dress goth i listened to like the music that the goths listened to but i mostly wore like a milwaukee bucks jersey jeans (laughs) and had like my hair in a ponytail that was like my everyday outfit did you have braces no i did not i did not i never had braces i didn't have glasses so i had bangs though this so is I what I look. this is what I totally 
I'm glad you told me that because I picture you wearing a Misfits uh, t-shirt mm -hmm. and black jeans with rips in it and having black eyeshadow and totally black hair and like having like a, I a wish. stud bracelet around your right hand and everything. No, I'm way I off. wish that I, I wish that I dressed like that. That was <laughs> but... Megan. Yeah, that was, that was definitely Megan. <laughs> yeah. I'm like the opposite. That's, Yeah. <laughs> Megan uh, shaved like... her head. And oh my god, like... I would love that. That'd be amazing, Megan. Man, I was the band kid in high yeah, school. So yeah. see, yeah, I was like, I, I did. I did have races. Oh, Megan so was a it's... nerd. Yeah, it, it suits the look. <laughs> I was That's I was kind of nerdy too. I was like this weird amalgamation of different cliques and uh and it just didn't really didn't really like stick with anyone but i did i did have a lot of band t-shirts not the misfits though it was more like fallout boy and like my chemical nice. romance type of yeah type of stuff so right yeah that was it was an interesting time i miss those days you know like i feel like right? we don't do that enough anymore like just right go i mean to yeah you don't places. you don't sit there and be like hey your friend call call your friend up be like let's go out the hogsback <laughs> road and like, yeah you know see what now we're like, but we should. We yeah, should. We should. Yeah, we could. <laughs> we, we'll, I mean, yeah, we have. You know, but that is a live stream episode because, like, we talked about uh, doing some live streams down from Sanitarium Hill and maybe mm -hmm. from a road, some other thing. Yep. Uh, yeah. Just quick for me, uh, I wore Metallica t-shirts, blue jeans, <laughs> uh, and I wore cowboy boots. Why I wore cowboy <laughs> boots? That's I was a rebel, David. Nice. I like that. Yeah, I like the, the yeah, yeah. I like the you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was halfway in between nerd and and popular because I played football and I played baseball and I mm -hmm. played in those sports and everything. But on yep. the other hand, I played D and D, and yep. I was like in the ghost. Then I was a like, nerd. Uh, I read the Satanic Bible. Yeah, so that's like, no. <laughs> I uh, typical read you know, the same way. I yeah. was like, I, I, me and my friends always joke that we weren't sure if we were the coolest people of the lame kids or the lamest yeah, people right? of the cool kids. <laughs> we were like right. somewhere in the middle there. So, yeah, but I think, exactly. I think that's the best way to be, honestly. That so. is the best way to be. Yeah. Uh, so let's have a theory on this. You have some theories, Brooke. About yeah. The I, this was something interesting. So that, um, that book that Jay Nathan Couch wrote. It's called Goatman Flesher Folklore and I actually own it and I remember reading I can't I couldn't find it for some reason um, but when I read it I remember him talking about this like specific kind of interesting theory that like Holy Hill is itself is kind of um, surrounded by this like divine good energy that almost attracts like these negative um, like creepy supernatural events to it and these like cryptids these strange occurrences are kind of drawn to the area but they can't necessarily like penetrate the holy hill area because of like you know whether mm. you want to believe that right. it's um like this god's energy or whatever but um so all of this stuff just kind of like hangs out just outside of holy hill um and also i, I i'm not i didn't look too much into this but i do think that um like the woods area around holy hill uh did have like significance in native american history as well oh, sure. I'm, I'm not sure um, I don't know any of the specifics, but I just saw that mentioned a couple times too. So, um, just interesting that it just seems that area attracts a ton of a ton of stuff. And there was also something that I saw that we did not talk about, but there is a pub um, within like a two mile radius of Holy Hill as well called the Tally Ho Pub. And there is also <laughs> nice. um, said to be a lot of poltergeist activity at this pub. And it's haunted by Ooh. this ghost named Emily who apparently oh, throws cooking knives at men. <laughs> um, what? Yeah. <laughs> so very interesting. We are totally going there. I know. I right? We should go them. there. Yeah. We should just go to that whole area and like see all the, yes, all the interesting should. sites. It's, uh, it's very, I've not been to the Tally Ho Pub either, but um but yeah oh, so it's just there's a lot of stories for that one like you know yeah three four mile radius area um so there's definitely some like weird weird energy strange stuff mm. happening um but as to why i'm not i'm not so sure but yeah, it's kind of interesting right? to think about yeah yeah that's a really interesting uh one of the topics uh we might cover we'll have to decide if we want to do this i think we should it's called the Bridgewater Triangle, which is in mm. uh, Ohio. 
And basically, it's a triangle in these woods and these swampy areas. And it was like former, like, uh, wars were fought there. And it's a Native American burial ground. And, like, just the weirdest stuff happens constantly in this triangle. Yeah. Which is kind of similar to this. But there is no, like, holy hill or land or whatever you want to say. There's just nothing but suffering and death. Right. <laughs> so, That's crazy. Yeah, and it's it's one of the always ranked one of the most spooky areas to go in in the Midwest. So that's something we should consider, I guess, down the road. Interesting. Yeah, I would yeah. to look into that and learn more about that. All right. So thank you so much. I love that story. Uh, I love personal stories. Like I said, mm-hmm. please send us your personal stories. Um, you can go on YouTube too and put them on there uh, on the comment list. But we prefer if you send it to our email, dairylandfrights at gmail.com. Anything else, Megan and Brooke? I don't think so. I'm excited to keep talking about, you know, the cryptids and the stories in the Midwest. Because, yeah. again, I think that there's um, just not a lot of people know about some of the cool stories. No. And it's fun to no, kind no. of talk about it and do the research. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, so one of the things I just want to I just want to do just really quickly, because uh, I think maybe we forgot to add this, but I love to add it. Is what do you think, Goatman? Real? Mm. Not real. That's a good, uh, good question. Um, my take would be that Goatman, as we know it, is not real, but that there is sure. something out there, and that maybe it is the same thing as like the Beast mm-hmm. of Road, not yeah. the exact same creature, but that it's like the same kind of phenomenon right. happening. Yeah, that, uh, Megan. All connected. Yeah, I think Megan? it's really interesting that each of these creatures has like a different prerogative. Like yeah. the Beast of Bray Road, like he kind of seemed, you know, trying to keep to himself. He didn't want to start things, but you know, the Goat Man, he definitely seems like <laughs> a much more angry creature. So it's just yeah. interesting that they're all a little bit different, but I do see some similarities between. It's true. Yeah, so- that's true. But it seems like the actual experiences that are like most publicized or that people know about are kind of the same like with the the dnr guy saying that the mm-hmm. this creature was taking the roadkill out of his truck and the beast of bray road like was also yes. eating roadkill and had like opposable yeah. like elbows and stuff like the other lady right. had talked about so it's like like the legends seem to differ but right. like the actual experiences that people are having having that people are like recording seem to be yeah. really similar to each other yeah. Yeah. So, so like Beast of Bray Road and Goatman, uh, uh, you know, I, I really kind of think it's kind of up to you. I mean, like there are people out there who they saw what they saw and they believe what they believe. So I'm going to say yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Goatman. I'm going to say yes on it yeah. until like people come out and be like, no, it's we've made it up just to get because, again, they're not doing anything. To really like, hey, Goatman Cafe, Goatman Cookies, blah, blah, blah. Right. You know what I mean? They're not really doing that like some other areas are, are doing it, like with the Hodag and mm-hmm. you know, kind of beast of Bray Road to a certain point, but it doesn't seem like everybody's really trying to really pump this up. So it's really interesting. Right. Yeah, it's a lot of like local, um, you know, word of mouth stories and stuff like that, which is always kind of interesting. Yeah. So, what do you think, Megan? We got a maybe or yes or no? What do you got on it? You know, <laughs> I'm just laughing because when I think about, you know, the goat man, I think about like the line, the witch in the wardrobe and like Mr. Tumness <laughs> in it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know if I can take it seriously because I'm just yeah, right? this sweet little goat dude, you know. Yep. I think of the same thing, like him wearing like a little red scarf and everything. Like, oh, yeah, you know, Good. so he's a friendly guy. But if it's like, a dude with murderous intent. I don't know if I would yeah, want to mess that, with right. that. So a little bit scarier than Mr. Tumnus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot scarier than that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So again, wonderful stories against this week, Megan and Brooke. I love them. Um, again, please go on our YouTube account. We're on YouTube. Now you don't see our beautiful faces again, but hopefully you soon will once we work out some things. But again, DairylandFrights.com. We're on YouTube. We're on all the major uh, sites, so you can check us out there. So, Ghosties, what do you think? 
is Holy Hill Sacred Place, where the faithful are healed by the Virgin Mary? Or is there something more sinister at work? <laughs> you decide. Okay, everyone have a great week. Megan and Brooke, look yes. forward to our next episode. Yes, you too. All right, see you next week. All right, have a spooky night. And again, yes. tell you guys, she said, we said hi. 